Last week, I focused on how if you aren't growing, then you're dying. Growth looks different for everyone. The question that really matters is, what does growth look like for you? The key to growth is to learn new things. But what kinds of things should we be learning, and how do we choose? In today's episode, I'll talk about why it's important for us to always be learning, categories that we should focus on if we don't know where to start, and how we can make learning a part of our daily routine. We feel like it's up to us to hold the line As we light the spark within ourselves It comes from way deep down inside We're so sick of the status quo We are here to let you know Unaddressed problems are a liability Core values, the brotherhood you need Accountability Ignited we stand Ignited How's it going? So I know I typically get these out on Monday, but Monday was my birthday, April 11th. Uh, I turned 41, so I took a little break off. Uh, took a day off and focused on me, focused on spending time with people I love and uh, doing some relaxing things. So anyway, it's Tuesday. Here we are. Uh, just to let you know, I recently finished up going through my organization's captain promotional process, and as a result, I reflected on all of the things I've done over my career that could be considered an asset to my organization. I thought about my college degrees in the fire service, uh, specifically fire service management, my strength and nutrition coach certifications, my leadership one, two, and three certifications, my peer support credentials, and all the resiliency training that I've done, um, creating the first ever fitness program exclusively for members of my organization, the fact that I've taught paramedic and EMT classes for the past 10 years, as well as the fact that there isn't a certification other than TRT and wildland stuff that I'm not certified to teach that relates to the multitude of certifications we hold as EMS providers. Now, all of these things came to mind as I started ruminating on the question of how I am an asset. I don't say these things to brag. These are merely truths. Okay, I'm not I'm not giving a roster to you guys to like brag or anything. I merely sat down and I made a list for myself to see what exactly is it that I'm contributing to my organization? Am I giving back? Am I an asset or am I a liability? Right? It comes down to that question. But as I made the list, I uh I remembered that every year I make it a point to invest in myself and learn something new. Whether that's through an app on my phone, an online course, a degree program, a series of conferences, or a specialization, whatever it is, at the end of each year, there's something that I can show for my efforts. I started writing down all the things that I've done that could be considered an asset, like I said, my quote-unquote highlight reel, if you will. But when I was done making my list, I couldn't help but ask myself this question. What's next? Unfortunately, I wasn't successful in the promotional process this round, so there's that. But I did feel amazing about the panel interview. I felt great. I felt like I knocked it out of the park, and I felt super confident in my tactical performance. I hit all my benchmarks. 
I, uh, I upgraded early. I got water supply. I was uh, geographic in my assignments and I even sectorized in some areas, uh, taking accountability for all of the, uh, all of the units on scene, all of that stuff met my tactical benchmarks, but for whatever reason, I didn't make the cut. And fortunately, there'll be an opportunity for me to review the notes made by my evaluators, and I can use that as feedback and the gift that it is to better prepare for any future attempts. And my point in telling you all this is not to just share my experience with you, but to maybe help inspire you to take on the mindset of what's next. I'm about 17 years into my fire EMS career, and the fact remains that I'm learning new things every day. This doesn't happen by accident. I mean, sometimes it does, but sometimes I learn a new factoid or approach to utilizing tools in the field. But for the most part, my learning journey is very purposeful. By being purposeful in learning new things, I find myself not being reduced to simply being a firefighter. We all wear different hats. Father, mother, wife, husband, brother, sister. But a lot of times I see people in the fire service, uh, the fire service community, solely defining their worth and their personality on their role as a firefighter. And this can be dangerous. Let me tell you why. When we wrap our identities in a single thing, once that thing is gone, our sense of purpose and meaning go along with it. For example, if you're the type of person who's hardcore wrapped up in your identity as a firefighter and then you retire, what does that make you? A nobody? Absolutely not. But the sad truth about this is there are a lot of people out there who do feel this way. Once that identity leaves, so does all sense of purpose and meaning. And that's when the dark thoughts creep in. We need to embrace the different roles that we play in our lives. We need to identify those other things that we are passionate about that help give us purpose and meaning. And a great way to do that is to learn new things. With things changing so often in the fire service, it's important to embrace this mentality because adaptation is the name of the game, right? You may have heard, the, uh, you may have heard me say this before. There are two things firefighters hate, change and the way things are. But ironically, the dynamic nature of the job, being able to adapt and change strategy at a moment's notice is what makes this job so rewarding and so challenging. In our dynamic profession, we sometimes need to learn new things. Sometimes we need to unlearn what we've learned and then relearn a new approach to maybe the same problems we've seen for years. We learn, we unlearn, and we relearn. An example of this could be the idea of compressions only CPR. In EMS and the fire service, for years we were taught that if people aren't breathing, then we need to breathe for them, right? And while this is still basically true, the studies and practices have proven that giving 30 compressions and then stopping to take time to give two rescue breaths does more harm than good. The heart is a pump that needs to be primed and stay primed in order to perfuse efficiently. Every time we take breaks to give two rescue breaths, we lose our prime and have to spend time rebuilding that prime only to let it go once we give two more rescue breaths. It was a practice of inefficiency. So now, 
We give 200 compressions right off the bat while providing passive high-flow oxygen via non-rebreather mask. In my organization and the organizations around the valley here in Arizona, we do what's called CCR, cardiocerebral resuscitation, and we give 800 compressions in the field before we even think about intubating or bagging a patient. The proven idea behind this is that there's enough oxygen still in the blood and still in the body to perfuse adequately, and we should be focused on circulating that oxygenated blood. The only way to do that is with quality, consistent compressions that will not allow us to lose our prime of the pump that is the heart. We have had amazing success with this method, and it's now being purveyed across America as the new standard of care when it comes to cardiac arrest. Personally, I've had several saves using this specific method. I share this example with you to show you how we were taught and practiced a certain method for decades. Then, based off new information, we had to make some adjustments and relearn a new approach to familiar processes. We had to initially learn the procedure and the why behind it. Then we unlearn what we had been doing, and we relearn a new approach as well as the why behind said new approach. So let's talk about each of these elements as well as some factors that support each element. So we learn, right? First off, we learn. There are so many different ways we can learn new things nowadays. There are online courses, books, audiobooks, college courses, apps of all kinds that can help you learn new things like how to cook or even a new language. The method is up to you. You have to ask yourself, how do you best learn new things? There are three factors that I'd like to review with you when it comes to learning something new. You can learn from your crew, you learn by training, and you learn by trading teachers. And I'll, I'll describe, I'll break each one of those down. Uh, but I want to focus on these methods because I feel like they support the core value of brotherhood that the Ignited Movement is built upon. So anytime I can focus on those three values, action, ownership, and brotherhood, the more geared towards becoming the firefighter we would want on our crew, our actions will be. So number one, learn from your crew. The people we spend a third of our life with while on duty are a great source of knowledge. But not only that, they all know something that you don't. One great thing about working with a diverse group of people is that you will not wind up in an echo chamber where everyone is just barking the same old ideas at each other. I mean, hopefully. Hopefully that's not the case. Maybe make it a goal to ask more questions to the people you work with, you, whether it's like related to work or not. It could open some doors and you'll definitely learn, learn new things that you have never known before. Remember, the quality of your life is determined by the quality of the questions that you ask. Number two, train. Get your hands dirty, right? That's what we do. We get dirty. Get out there and put your hands on tools that you have not pulled out of the compartments for a few shifts, if ever. We just took out these cool new um, Homatro V-struts, and we used them in a training session to provide stabilization on some cars that we had on our training ground. They were super easy to use, and they set up in a matter of seconds. Like, seconds, guys, not, not minutes, seconds. I'm not getting any sponsorship from Homatro for saying this, but I will provide a link in the show notes if you want to check them out. They're really cool. Uh, the point is, practice using the tools that are in your toolbox. Now, you hear a lot of people uh, say things like, well, it's just another tool in the toolbox. 
But what good are all those tools if you never take them out to use them once in a while? So get out there, get your hands dirty, and practically apply your skills to refine your ability to perform your craft. Number three, trade teachers. Now, this is a concept that spreads the responsibility of training to everyone on the crew. And like I said, everyone on your crew knows something that you don't. Not only that, maybe they have a new and innovative way to teach something you already know. And learning that perspective could help you adjust your approach to perform better in the field. And really, isn't that what it's all about? Learning something new and applying it to be the best we can. Take time to rotate who leads the crew in training. Not only will it help your crew get better at their craft, but it'll bring you closer together. And it may even inspire someone to build themselves to where they can promote into a position of more influence. All right, so that was how we learn, things we can do to learn. Let's talk about the concept of unlearn, right? It's kind of an awkward word to say, and we kind of maybe shudder at hearing it. But this concept is an uncomfortable one. I get it. This is where we let go of the safe and familiar and we swap it with something new. The things we learn, like old school CPR, may be holding us back from where we want to be, like becoming more successful in patient saves in the field. And guess what? There are three ways that we can actively do this as well. See a pattern here, don't you? We invite challenge. We can identify roadblocks to new ways of thinking. And we can ask provocative questions. So number one, how we unlearn. We invite challenge. The only way good ideas are proven is by putting them to the test. Through a heuristic process of trial and refinement, we come up with the best solutions. If you're afraid to have your idea tested, then your fear probably has more to do with your inability to let go of your ego than it does your actual idea. Progress and accomplishing the mission is not about ego. It's about objective coordination toward formulating a strong plan. Only by poking holes in a plan do we see the weaknesses and can take active steps toward shoring up those weaknesses. Number two, identify roadblocks to new thought. Quote, that's the way we've always done it, is probably the most stifling remark that reveals a fixed mindset frame of mind that I can think of. We used to pull steam-based fire engines with horses, too. Should we still be doing that? Because that's the way we've always done it. This statement is a sure way to identify those roadblocks that are holding back new thoughts. Just like running an obstacle course, once met with a unique challenge, we must come up with a unique and effective method for overcoming that challenge. Don't be afraid to make the climb. Number three, ask provocative questions. What this means is to ask questions that people are eager to share their thoughts and ideas about. We don't want to ask questions to punish or embarrass people, right? That just makes people not want to participate even more. Duh. Ask questions to gain clarity, perspective, and new insight. Make asking questions a natural practice among your crew. Make no assumptions and do your best not to take things personal. These are two of the biggest roadblocks of trust when it comes to asking and posing questions. You want to ask questions that people are naturally going to want to engage in and be excited to hear others' answers. So think of all those Instagram polls or online quizzes that you might complete. They're provocative, right? They engage you. Think of questions that encourage people to participate rather than shrinking into their shells. 
And finally, relearning, right? Just like I mentioned, relearning how to perform CPR, relearning processes for the other procedures we're tasked with could stand to get a little more attention as well. I talked about how training is a factor when we are learning something new. Well, the reason why it's so important to have a regular training schedule is so that there are opportunities provided to relearn what you feel you've already got a good grasp on. It's a reinforcement of sorts. At my organization, we recently switched all of our frontline hose crosslays to the Minuteman hose load. And if you have been through a fire academy or have been on the job for any amount of time, then you know how to pull hose off of a truck. It's pretty basic, right? Pretty simple concept. But at the same time, we all know what it looks like when we have a, quote, bucket of spaghetti strewn out on the ground. It isn't pretty, and it sure isn't practical. There is an art to firemanship. How we perform our job is our craft. Will we be professional, or are we content with looking like amateurs? Relearning how to perform a task not only helps us stay on top of our skill, but it helps us refine our processes. And yes, there are three factors that I'd like to talk about when it comes to relearning what we think we already know. Playing to our strengths, seeking feedback, and reinforcing resilience. So let's start with number one, playing to our strengths. Like I said before, being adaptable is crucial for our job. We must be willing to adapt to any situation that we're put in. However, identifying and utilizing your strengths can help you readily adapt to situations that would have other people scrambling for solutions. For example, let's say that you're really great at uh, getting a triage report on an EMS scene, like a major motor vehicle collision. Okay? You get out of the truck while keeping your head on a swivel. You evaluate the scene from all perspectives then you adopt the one that will suit you best to perform the job you're there to do, which is save lives, right? So let's say that your organization has formed a committee to help identify problems that are holding the culture and progress back. You could use your same exact approach in entering the arena. You maintain awareness of the situation, you identify the issues that need to be addressed for a good outcome, and you provide the best perspective. We aren't one-trick ponies. At least I hope we're not. Utilize systems that you're already familiar with and adapt them to the challenges that you're tasked with. Play to your strengths and see what happens. Number two, seek feedback. Feedback is a gift. When we're on an EMS scene, one of the first things we do when treating patients is we get a baseline set of vitals. This is the information that we base all of our actions on and whether or not we should stay the course or change things up. It's through the feedback of how our patients respond to our treatments that lets us know if we're on the right track or not. The same goes for the other aspects of our lives. How can we know if we're doing what we should be doing if we aren't getting feedback? To ignore feedback that would be given to you is to choose the status quo and choose complacency. There's no way for you to know if you're doing a good job unless you're getting feedback. Even fire, the very thing trying to kill us, gives us feedback as to whether or not we're hitting it right. It's time to start seeing feedback as a gift, embracing it, and using it as a tool to make improvements moving forward. And finally, 
Number three, reinforce resilience. Focusing on the negative can take us down some dark holes, can take us to some dark places. When we're faced with adversity or tragedy, it's important that we acknowledge the thing that happened. We must do that first. Acknowledge it. Then we have to come to terms with it and accept it. And once we've done those two things, we can take steps in moving forward. We all go through those two phases differently, which is totally fine. What's not fine is when we get stuck there. One of our captains just took a hard hit last week. His son, who was on the job for only a matter of months, was killed in the line of duty. The circumstances of this, of this incident were absolutely tragic. His son was one of my students in the fitness and conditioning for firefighters class that I taught at the local community college, and he was an incredible dude, incredible guy. I saw a lot of students there, and uh, there are those students that you, you teach and that you come in contact with who stand out, and you just know they'll make an incredible addition to the fire service. And this kid was one of those people. We all face tragedy in our lives, but it's how we handle it that makes us who we are. Will we allow those things to crush us or will we make attempts to walk in understanding and turn our tragedy into something that can help others in theirs? One small way that we can foster our resiliency is to do something called habit stacking. James Clear talks about it in his book, Atomic Habits, and I know you guys have heard me mention this book before. If you haven't read it yet, you should read it. This is a practice where you assign an additional habit to something that you're already doing. So let's say you want to become more flexible in your hips. One small thing you could do is habit stack 10 body squats when you put your shoes on for the day. So every time you put your shoes on, you're doing 10 body squats. And if you have that system in place for three months, then you'll be amazed at the resiliency you've built up when it comes to your hip flexibility. The same concept can be applied when it comes to our emotions. Something I do when I can't help but be focused on the negative is to immediately stack three positives right on top of that negative thought. I'm not ignoring the negative thought, right? I'm acknowledging it. I'm accepting it. And then I'm stacking three positive things right on top of it. So for example, if I go outside and I see that I've got a flat tire, I could stack these three positive thoughts onto that one negative occurrence. I don't have to be anywhere today. It's a beautiful day outside, and this is a perfect opportunity to teach my kids how to change a tire. Spoiler alert, which is something they already know how to do. But anyway, you get my point. Those are just some examples. The example I gave is small and simple, but understand that the more you're practiced in the small things, the more manageable the bigger things become. Learning new things is an investment. Educating yourself is an investment. You can never go wrong when you invest in yourself. Some people see education as a waste of time and money, but I can almost guarantee you that those people are the ones saying ridiculous things like, why should we change it? That's the way we've always done it. Seek ways to learn new things. Make it a part of your daily life. When you learn new things, you become more of an asset to the organization you work for and the people you're around. Do not be afraid to share what you've learned. Do not shrink yourself because others might feel inept or inferior in your presence. 
The people who would stifle others who want to share what they've learned are what is wrong with the fire service today. These people will become so uncomfortable in their position or opinions that they'll either self-select out and leave sooner than later or simply just keep quiet. It's a win-win for you, right? <laughs> Learning new things will ignite new passions within you. It'll inspire new approaches and it'll support natural innovation among your crew and in your own personal life and interests. Seek to learn new things every year, every week, every day. Through this quest for knowledge, we can improve our personal lives, become more of an asset to our organizations, and increase our capacity to serve others. Well, that wraps it up for this episode of the Ignited Firefighter Podcast. Thanks for listening, guys. Click the link in the show notes and be a part of the growing community by joining the Ignited Firefighter Facebook group. This is where we can all contribute and share stories of what new things we're learning, along with anything else you want to share or inquire about. I really appreciate those of you who listen and support the show. It really means a lot to me. I write and produce this show for free. So please, if you're getting value from it, give it a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you got any value from today's show specifically, I'd also ask that you share it with someone you think would enjoy it. It'll be a great discussion point for you to connect with those on your crew, and it will introduce them to what we're doing here at Ignited. So thanks again for listening, and until next time, if you see a need, own it and take action. Be the ideal firefighter you would want on your crew. Be ignited.